Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Red and White Authority. I'm Daniela Bruce, joined by Art Regner. And today's show, as always, is brought to you by Labat Blue. Art, it's ice cold. It's frothy. What else is it? It, it is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. And whether it's winter, summer, spring, or fall, the best way to cap your day after a hard day of pounding the pavement, <laughs> grinding at the office, is to relax with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. Always drink responsibly, for that matter. Art, I'm looking at the sunshine right now, not to rub it in at all, but I'm out on the West Coast swing with the Red Wings and... We're in L.A. right now. Very nice outside. Very nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I covered the 98, I guess, Rose Bowl. But the last yeah. time Michigan won a national championship. And, you know, we didn't take a whole lot of vacations when I was a kid. But I have to admit, when I was out in Pasadena for about 10 days back then, when I came back, I really saw the importance of maybe during the wintertime to get out someplace where it's sunny and warm. Yeah. It really does change your outlook and uh, it makes the winter go by faster. So I'm envious, but uh, enjoy yourself, uh, uh, Daniela, because it's, it, it's a great time. California, one of my favorite States, a lot of family out there. Uh, I have, so I've been there many, many times. You know, this is my first time actually visiting the LA area. I've been to orange County and visited Laguna Beach, Newport Beach. And then I I had been to San Francisco. But this is my first time. And, and we're in Beverly Hills right now. So very fun. Very cool for me. Although it's been a very hectic work schedule so far. But we do get a day off, which is going to be kind of fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's the one thing. But when you're flying in and flying out, people think, wow, that sounds glamorous. And hey, I'm not complaining. But you're, you're working, number one, which people have a tendency to forget so it isn't a vacation and you're you know you're always you're either on a bus you're catching a plane or you're 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 prepping for the for for the game so uh it it beats working for a living but sometimes work does get in the way of the good time oh of course of course it does it is a work trip but very cool and somehow on this practice day that we're recording on i convinced alex to bring it and Patrick came to join me for for a few minutes and, and talk a little bit and join the podcast. So you're going to hear that interview in just a little while. But they let me know. They let me know that I, I was taking their time up in, in a sunshine state here in California where they wanted to get outside and enjoy the weather a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, right. I mean, you know, I mean, Kane's from Buffalo and Debrinket's from here. So we know that, uh, you know, wintertime, uh, you know, it was pretty brutal when they were growing up. I, you know, oh, it, it was extreme. It was extreme. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, let's get into talking some Red Wings a little bit, Art, since the last episode of the Red and White Authority, which was awesome, our holiday edition, and Mike Vernon joined us after being inducted into the Hall of Fame. So very cool. But the Red Wings have played three games since then, and that's Nashville, which they won in overtime, and Boston at home on New Year's Eve, lost that game 5-3, and then the win over the Sharks which was a 5-3 win, a much-needed win, Art. And we were looking at the schedule before we started recording, and it just it doesn't get much easier for the Red Wings right now, and they're going to have to start stringing together some wins to stay in the mix. There's no question about it, Daniela. I mean, I think the point that we're, that we're at now, when the Red Wings return home, their first home game will be a week from Thursday or uh, tomorrow, since we're doing this on January 3rd, a practice day. Tomorrow they'll play uh, Los Angeles. Uh, that'll be game 41. That's the halfway point of the season. 
and if you look at it right now, Detroit's in fifth place in the Atlantic division. The team that's in third place and the top three in the division is most fans know, make the playoffs, get the automatic playoff berth Toronto with 43 points point total. Okay. Detroit at 40, 43. However, Toronto has three games at hand in Detroit. That's major. That's major. Cause Toronto you know, they're a te- weird team to figure out, but somehow they they start winning. You know, their their problem is once the playoffs start, their you know their minds are all over the place. <laughs> but now you look at the wild card, and Detroit is in sixth place in the wild card standings thus far. The top two are Philly and Washington. They they would qualify if it happened today. They also have games at hand at Detroit, and then you have Tampa, New Jersey. Pittsburgh and then Detroit. My fear is is that the Red Wings right now have a lot of teams that they're catching up to, and you hear it. Uh, uh, teams hate to play catch up hockey. Well, they hate to play catch up in the standings too. And this is a lot of teams that they're going to have to cover. So Detroit, I feel I'm not preaching desperation. It can certainly be done. Things can happen, mm-hmm. but. They have to win a bunch of hockey games right now. They, they they cannot afford to keep losing. If they would have lost last night, that would have been disastrous. If you lose to the Sharks twice, I mean that's that's yeah. almost criminal. Well, and you got to look at it this way too. They went through a really tough stretch with injuries as well, and you add David Perron's six game suspension into that mix, and they were missing some key players for a while. And I feel like in the last few games you're starting to see Dylan Larkin being Dylan Larkin and JT Comfer being JT Comfer. It took them a few games to get back into it. David Perron's coming back into his own head, two goals against the Sharks. And these are the key guys that you're going to need to drive for you, right? And obviously defensively, we know we, we've seen the issues. They all know everybody's got to get better, better defensively on that team. But I think these key pieces are starting to get back together Alex Lyons putting together some great performances in net and we're seeing things change a little bit. So hopefully this is a turning point for them where they can start, like we said, stringing together the wins that you need to compete with all those teams that are right there in the wild card race. Well, no, there's certainly, you're absolutely right. I, I think everyone's settled down and getting used to the way Patrick Kane plays, which is great. I, I mean, I think, I think they're getting used to that. He and Debrinkit obviously have formed a good team. Dylan seems comfortable playing with them. Lucas Raymond has really taken yep. his game to another level. Uh, Michael Rasmussen, good to see him get on the score sheet. I know that uh, for Michael, he was a little sour, uh, you know, over the holiday period. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I didn't even call him plum. That's how sour he was. I didn't want to joke around with him because he's the most serious human being on the planet. Uh, you know, Joe Valeno is going to have to pick it up, but he's coming off of a little bit of an injury. Uh, Sprong, 10 goals. That's good. I mean, th- the pieces are there. Right. They just have to go out and do it. They have to play better defensively, especially five-on-five defense. Their goaltending has to hold up. Goaltending is going to be the key for this club. But look at this schedule until they get their nine-day break. From February 1st to uh, February 9th, they don't play. But this it's is brutal. who they have. It, 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 I mean, look at it. Look at it. They have L.A. tomorrow on Thursday the 4th, then Anaheim on Sunday. Then they come back to Detroit where they have a slew of home games. They only have two road games, and the rest are four, five, six, seven, like seven home games. Oilers playing better. L.A., good team. Love to play on the road for some reason. 
maybe because they're always on the road. I'll bet you if you're a king, if you're on the West Coast, your trips are traveling long. all the time. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. You're home a lot, but you're on the road a lot. Then Toronto away, Florida away, Carolina away, and then Tampa, Dallas, Philly, the, the Vegas Golden Knights who are struggling a bit, and then Ottawa on the 31st. That's a brutal schedule. I mean, those teams are all capable of beating the Red Wings, but they're capable of beating them. And most of them are at home. That's a good thing. But as I said, the number of teams that they're chasing right now, they just have to start stringing up some victories. And, you know, my biggest fear is that, you know, I don't know how long. We haven't even heard an update. I haven't, at least. I know you're out there with them. Vili uh, Husa, where is he at? Yeah, there's he. Derek Malone talked about it today, but there really is no update. He might start hitting the ice soon, but there's still no timeline on for on his return. So yeah, there's nothing on him really right now. And Alex Lyon, like I said, has been putting together some wins. And I, I actually think as much as you want Vili Husa to get healthy, don't get me wrong here. But I'm excited to see Lyon take these reins a little bit, get the reps in net, and maybe get something going. Maybe he can be that number one goalie. He played well against San Jose. He made some big saves. Yeah, I, I like Alex Lyon. I like his game. I like his makeup, mental makeup. I think that, you know, here's a guy, and, you know, you've heard me say this before. I compare him. He's like the uh, the Derek uh, Lalone of, uh, of goaltenders. He waited a long time for his shot in the National Hockey yeah. League, you know, and, and, and Derek waited 27 years to be a head coach, you know, had a plan and all that. Alec Lyon, Alex Lyon, if he has anything, he has resolve. And, and I think that he's able to, he's able to cart, um, he, he's able to kind of go through his mind. I want to say compartmentalize or something, you know, compartmentalize. He, yes. He's able to, take things he thinks it through and i think what he has he has a balance he's not too high he's not too low and i think that that's good and that's what this team needs they need a stabilizing force in net this isn't anything against huso or james reimer who's been doing oh. it a long time too i mean those fellas are fine but i really think that you know alex lyon what he did last year you talk to any of the florida panthers from last year They'll tell you if it wasn't for Alex Lyon, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. They would not have made the playoffs. Well, in the same situation with he's in this time, he being Alex Lyon, the situation that he's in in Detroit is very similar to where Florida was last year, where they have to start stringing some wins together. They had some teams to catch, which they were able to do. So Alex Lyon has been there before, even though his resume, NHL resume, isn't extensive, but he has proven it. He has done it. So he could be the man. You know, I'm going to give everyone a little bit of a teaser within the next couple of weeks, I'd say the next few episodes of the red and white authority, we're going to get Alex Lyon on this podcast. And I don't think a guest has ever been more excited to join the podcast. So I cannot wait to do that. He's a big fan of yours too, Art. He's a big, yeah, fan. I, I, I'm not exactly sure why, <laughs> but uh, Daniela approached him and he said he would do it. And then after he, and then Dan Jalen says, Hey, I think Alex Lyon, he really wants to do this thing. The next day after practice, he came right up to me and was like, well, kid at Christmas, you know, if I can use that. <laughs> it's like, Hey, I'm doing your podcast. I'm doing the podcast. You and Danielle. And he was really, really excited. So that's good though. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, he wants to do it and he's, uh, 
you know, Yale educated. I mean, you know, that uh, it's not quite Michigan, but, you know, but Yale's oh a pretty good school. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Here we Danielle. go. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I, I thought didn't... Michigan was like, isn't it the Harvard of the West or something like that? Yeah, isn't that the old I, saying? Yeah, yeah, the Harvard. Yeah. And then Harvard is the Michigan of the East. But oh, I only yeah. think they say that in Ann Arbor. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that would be my guess on that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I have to give it up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only place that's said. All right. Well, two of the players that do want to help the Red Wings get to the point that we're talking about stringing some wins together and hopefully finding themselves in a playoff spot come the end of this season are definitely Alex DeBrinket and Patrick Kane. Let's hear from them. Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinket joining me together. First of all, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to join the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. You could sound a little more excited. <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. Day off in LA. We're, this is where we want to be. I won't keep you too long. I promise. I promise. It's beautiful out too. Finally yeah. getting some sunshine, which we haven't seen in Detroit in a while. But let's get into this. I want to go back to Patrick, you making the decision on where you wanted to go. And you've been pretty open about the fact that Alex in Detroit kind of drew you to Detroit a little bit, or one of the reasons Detroit was high on your list. Why is that? Like, what was it about playing with Alex that? made that kind of boost Detroit for you? Yeah, I think just uh, the success we had in Chicago. You know, I look around around the league now, and there's not too many guys in the league that I've actually played with um, that I've had some success with or, or we had success on uh, winning teams. But um, just those last couple of years in Chicago, I think we really hit it off on the ice and had a lot of success playing with each other and um, found that it was a fun game too, right? It was an enjoyable game for me to play so yeah huge reason I wanted to come to Detroit um not the only reason but um definitely a big reason not the only reason he's making sure you know that <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's making sure you know that um but for you obviously I'm sure you were pretty excited to hear or find out that it was one of the teams Patrick was considering how'd you sell him on Detroit I know there had to be something that you did yeah I mean I feel like I was texting him quite a bit uh you know I feel like just from the second I got here, I feel like, for me at least, it was a, a great fit for me, and it's a great group of guys. We've had a lot of fun this year. You know, I think trying to sell them on all that, and I think, obviously, you know, I like the coaching staff. I like, um, you know, it's just fun coming to the rink every day, and I think that was one of the things that was trying to sell to him, I guess, and, you know, I knew it was a good fit for him. I feel like we were, you know, maybe missing someone like him in, in his spot, and, you know, I feel like it's a, a good fit. So you guys have kind of become a pair now to, to Red Wings, at least the social media team, because I saw you guys did a little fun interview. Well, you interviewed him, actually. Kat interviewed Kane. Yeah, that was good. Um, but you said something interesting that I wanted to dig a little deeper on, that when Kat first joined the Blackhawks, you guys weren't the best of friends right away. Was there like a reason for that? I mean, yeah, watching that interview, I kind of regret saying that because <laughs> it was like, it wasn't like we, we didn't like each other, you know, it was just like we probably weren't as tight as uh, as we were the last couple of years in Chicago. So, um, no, I mean, like, I always liked being around him. I always thought he was a good player. It was just like we weren't hanging out every day. We, were, we weren't really uh, playing with each other as much back then either. Like, uh, I know he was coming up and his first year he was playing maybe like second, third line. And I, I still think he led the, goal, the team in goals that year, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, he was establishing himself as a player, and, uh, you know, sometimes you're not as tight with someone that's 10 years younger than you, right? So it was like, yeah, like I said, I kind of regret saying that a little bit. I am so glad you brought up the age difference because I was going to do it. And I knew that my, you know, a little controversy there. What, you're 26, Alex, 35, Patrick. But you guys seem to to get along great still. Um, Just describe your friendship a little bit. And you you mentioned in that interview we were talking about that uh, playing together and noticing how much chemistry you guys had might have helped it. But what do you guys think it was? You know, I feel like we got a little bit closer after my first year. We went Mm -hmm. to world championships and, you know, I think he's... You know, he's 35, but he acts like a, you know, 23-year-old still. So, uh, young, young, uh, young brain and an old body. So, <laughs> but no, I feel like you know, over the years we just became closer friends. I don't think it was anything like specific that clicked. I think you know, you just spend more time with someone and you become friends. And I think, uh, you know, I feel like we've just had a lot of fun on the ice and, and definitely off the ice as well. I think. Uh, a lot of great guys we played with in Chicago and, um, you know, a lot of fun times on the plane or, you know, at dinner or whatever it may be. So, you know, I think it was been good. Yeah, when did you start playing cards on, on the plane in Chicago? Was it your first year? Yeah, like halfway through my first year. Um, yeah. I think Crow got hurt and then you guys needed somebody. So I started playing then and then I was pretty much just giving away money at that point. <laughs> and, uh, they liked me for that, so that's kind of how I got my I feel end. like that's kind of a way to get close yeah, to you, right? Yeah, like you're at the card table every every trip um, after games, and you just kind of bond. Like, you know, obviously you're playing cards, but, you know, you're talking about the game, you're talking about different things. So I, I feel like sometimes those relationships form, uh, as funny as it sounds, at, at a card table or just uh, something as simple as that. What's the game of choice on the plane? Or at least, what was it at that point? At that point, uh, we played a game called Chinese Poker. Oh. Um, yeah, not many people know it, but uh, <laughs> it's a fun game to, to play on the plane. Um, I've kind of been in and out here since I got to Detroit. We played a little Chinese Poker. Some Enough 31. rank here. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I might have to kick Raymond out of his spot or something <laughs> sooner or later here, but... Uh, yeah, so th- you guys play, was it 13 up, 13 down? Yeah, yeah, yeah we so. played that for a bit, and then we've yeah, we've kind of been switching off games quite a bit now. I feel like sometimes go five guys, do a game called 31, um, pass the ace. You know, we got a lot of different games going to get everyone involved. We are the Michigan native, and Euchre is a Michigan thing. Have, have Does everyone know how to play Euchre? Have you tried to uh, incorporate Euchre at all? Yeah, we've played something close to it, like Schnarps. Yeah, is, I have is close it. to it, but it's not. You're not playing with a pair. Um, we haven't played euchre on the plane yet. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I'm gonna brag about my euchre skill because I actually on the plane just. I've been indoctrinated now too that I'm allowed to join the euchre games, and we have a two-two match going. Me and AK, and then Brady and Jr. Right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Me and Jr. And then Brady and Andrew are partners. Yeah, we're we're two and two and two. The way home's going to be interesting, I can tell you. Six-hour flight. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll play for like, we'll, we'll have, it'll be like 20 games yeah, at that point, exactly. maybe even more than that. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's talk about hockey a little bit now, because when we look at the past, the stretch of games here, December, we'll just call it the month of December for now, really, after the Sweden trip, you guys were hot for a while and then have kind of cooled off. From both of your perspectives, what has been the difference between the team we saw before and the team we saw now obviously the win in San Jose is huge for you guys to start this trip off but what's been the difference we've 
maybe gotten away from a lot of the little things, doing the little things right. You know, I know it sounds cliche saying that, but I think that's definitely a, a big reason. And, you know, I think we've obviously had a lot of key parts go down as well. You know, Lark's out for a bit. JT was out for a bit. We got Clemmy out now. We've had fish in and out. I think um, I'm probably missing guys. But, um, yeah, DP was out. You know, a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, and I think that sometimes mess up the mojo. But overall, I think, you know, we just need to focus on the, the small details of the game. I think we have a lot of great players who can, you know, score goals and play offense, and I think we're doing our best when we're good in the D zone and we can really spend time in the O zone and, and, and create that. I think, you know, we do a good job of scoring goals, but not the best job of keeping it out of our own net. So I think if we just focus on the D zone a bit, we can maybe win a game 2-1, 3-2, you know, some more of those games. I feel like we've had a tough time winning those types of games, and we win in games we score five, six goals. But, you know, it's those those tight games that we need to learn how to win. Well, Patrick, let me ask you a follow-up to that because you both are offensive-minded players. That's just kind of the reality of it. But what is the key as a forward to being helpful defensively and making sure you're giving the guys on the blue line the help they need? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just little things like, you know, we call it stopping in the house, making sure you're you're tracking back to your end and just stopping instead of swinging and maybe leaving some lanes open for, for the other team to make plays. I still think, you know, the best way to defend is to uh, to have the puck, right? To hang on to the puck. You know, sometimes you can, you know, as a player, you want to make a quick play and you can give it up too easy and then they have possession and then you're, you're playing defense if you can hang on to it a little bit, possess it. I think all of us, none of us want to play defense, right? We want to have the puck. We want to play offense. So sometimes teams can get a little bit impatient, and you can create off that. But the coaching staff has really done a great job the last couple of weeks of just hammering at home about trying to keep it under two goals against and playing good defense and let our skill and offense take over when we get that chance. I'm going to bring up one more thing from, from the social interview. One more, I promise, and that'll, that'll be it. New York-style pizza. I kind of am with you on that. Yeah. But I want to know, have you always been a New York-style pizza guy? Because I feel like Chicago might be a little upset that you didn't, you didn't give them a nod there, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I grew up in Buffalo, too. Right, right. right. So I'm, I'm used to the, the New York style. I um, didn't, you know, I'm going to admit something right now. I didn't even think about the fact that, like, you probably eat New York-style pizza in Buffalo. Yeah. Is that, I, I don't know. I yeah, just I think associate it's just it with of, the city, right? <laughs> Isn't that like? Yeah, it's just kind of, I feel like you kind of tend to like what you yeah yeah and even um you know i I lived in uh, michigan for three years and uh like i don't i don't know what detroit style pizza is so i like i didn't know like what that option was and then in chicago i had deep dish a few times but i mean you can have like one slice maybe so it's like like yeah no that is i always say that it's like you might as well order lasagna if you're gonna eat a chicago good yeah it's good like once a year i feel like yeah with this team Everyone has seen the potential that you guys have. We've seen the goal-scoring capabilities, bringing a guy like you, Patrick. There's a lot of potential here to make a run. What do you guys need to change moving forward just to, to kind of make that run and show that this team is for real? I think just the complete game, you know, um, especially when I came in, like Alex said, we had some injuries, so you're kind of figuring out where everyone's going to play, what situations you're going to play in, kind of, you know, you get used to the rhythm of the game, like where you're going to start with face-offs, what zone you're going to start in. So I think just finding the rhythm of the game for everyone. And, um, you know, when you know your role as a player, I think that helps too. So that's kind of what we got to figure out with the team, your role on the team, 
do it the best you can, and then that's going to help the team in the long run. Alex, I want you to answer this too, but just a quick follow-up for you on that, Patrick. And I know you're, you're probably tired about talking about the hip surgery and coming back from it and everything like that, but I think you've exceeded most people's expectations in returning from that surgery. Have you surprised yourself at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think just kind of knowing how I was feeling, especially towards the end of my rehab, I knew that it was going to be a lot better than last year. So personally, I still think there's another level to get to. And, you know, I think we're seven months in post-surgery now. So it seems to just keep getting better with time. Even like for my first couple games, it feels better now and just more comfortable on the ice. So yeah, excited, excited with where I'm at, but also believe there's another level to get to. That's a great thought. Love the fact that we're, we're going to unlock new levels there. But Alex, <laughs> just to, to wrap it up for us, um, what do you think, back to the question, just about what this team has to do? Because I know the group believes that you guys are a, a playoff team and that you can be a playoff team. How do you move forward and prove that? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was talking about earlier and doing the little things. I think, it, yeah, stopping in the house, um, all those little things, the coaching staff really uh, drills into our brains and, you know, wants us to do. And I think it starts in the D zone. I think we can be a lot better there. You know, we have sometimes a good 50 minutes of a game, but that 10 minutes might cost us the game, right? So, um, yeah, playing a complete 60 and playing better in the D zone and obviously creating offense too. I don't think. You know, it's tough to create offense in this league, and I think we do it pretty well, but you can't completely forget about that. I think you got to keep working on that as well as the work in the D zone. All right, the sun is shining here in L.A., and I know you guys are ready to get back out there. So thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Another big thank you to Patrick and Alex for taking the time to join the Red and White Authority. Remember, the Red and White Authority is brought to you by Labatt Blue always. Mm. And delicious art my my favorite part of that was the end when i talked to patrick kane about the hip surgery again and asked him if he'd surprised himself at all with how well he's playing because i think he surprised a lot of other people with how well he's playing and his answer was great just that he knew he felt really good he knew it was going to be better than last year and he still thinks there's levels to unlock and Red Wings fans should be excited about that because if he can do it quickly and he can do it as fast as he looks like he might be able to do it, that's going to be really good moving forward this year. Well, I I agree with you. I I think if you look at it and, you know, for you tennis fans, the Australian Open is about to start. So watch (laughs) Andy Murray play because they had the same surgeon. And out of all the athletes that have had this hip resurfacing surgery, Andy Murray up till this point has been the most successful. It hadn't worked, as we've talked about before, very well for hockey players. Patrick Kane seems to uh, be the exception, Uh, you know, knock on wood, as they say. So uh, my point being is this, is that no one knows their body as well as themselves. And I think once he got out there and he was able to play and he was able not to miss games, not to rest, he had no physical uh, disability at all with the hip. It, you know, he was able to do what he wants to do. He's a mo- an immortal of the sport. He always thinks he has more. He always thinks he has more to give. He always thinks he can get better. That's how those guys are made up. That's how an elite athlete thinks. He is an elite athlete. No question about it. Watching him, being able to watch him play every day. And I was aware of him. And as I told you, I was a big fan of his when he was on Team USA. Not so much when he was on the Chicago Blackhawks, but he's an exceptional player. Exceptional. I mean, he's by far one of the best players I've seen in a Red Wing uniform in a long, long time. And with that said, I think that he's relieved a little bit. He's never going to tell you that, but I think he is. 
and he feels like Patrick Kane. He must have been miserable last year, right, Daniela? You can just tell that. It, he could because he couldn't do what his what his heart and his mind wanted. His body wouldn't let him do, and now he can do all of it. It's all coming together for him, and the Red Wings could really benefit from that, and I think they will. It's also just just think about this. Like, Try to put this into perspective. I know we're talking about one of the best athletes to ever play the game, right? But think about when you're in pain on a regular basis and even just like having to go through your normal work day, right? You know me too well. Yeah, but no, seriously, just think about it. Like if you have a, if you're having back pain or you like throw out a, a hip or a hammy or something and you're walking around and you're like, man, like I can't even move around. He was playing through so much pain and I, I don't know if he even knew how bad it was until he actually came out of the surgery and realized how good it could be again. And that it's it's just a, a crazy thought that he, he played that way and he played through the pain that he did or at least tried to because I think he would tell you he was pretty disappointed with his year last year too. Right. I think, I think he was. And I think what's good, and this is a factor that maybe people don't realize, and you've heard me say this before, the one athlete in the entire world who has the highest tolerance for pain and played through a lot was Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman brought Patrick Kane to Detroit. I think if there's any time where pain, uh, where Kane can talk to somebody who understands what it means to go through almost exploratory surgery, the osteotomy that Steve went through was an operation, not for like a 33 year old guy or however old he was when he had it. It was for older men. It was for older men. It's a, a, you know, it's, it's like senior citizens type of surgery <laughs> that Steve, it really is that Steve know. had, you know? And so, uh, you know, the way to look at it is, is that I think, you know, Steve can relate to what Kane is going through. And I think they can relate to each other and they can relate to each other on two levels. And I don't know, I'm not saying they're on the phone constantly talking or anything, but I do, th but I do think this. I think because they're both immortals of their sport, going down as two of the all-time greats, that they have that level that they can talk on, but they can also talk about the level of recovery and coming back from, you know, which would take ordinary players probably into retirement. Right. Those guys have not done that. And I think that that's really, really important. I think that if Patrick King needs somebody, it doesn't get much better than Steve Eisenman to talk about, hey, you know, uh, mentally, I, I'm relieved, but I'm kind of uncertain. And I'm sure Steve went through that a little bit too. I don't know, you know, so uh, I, I kind of like, I think this is a good, good place for Patrick Kane right now because he likes the team. His buddy Debrinket's on the team who he yep. didn't like. I, I'm stunned he didn't like him the first couple of years. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, his face when I asked him that question, Art, he was like, I regretted saying that as soon as I heard it. You know, I didn't like you. It's like, it's like, what do you mean you didn't like me? Well, and then he jokes about, too, because yeah. you don't realize the age difference between the two of them, right? Like, Patrick Kane's 35. Alex Debrinket is 26. That's almost a 10-year difference. Right, right. But it's a decade. It's like a generation right. almost. You've got an 18, 19-year-old kid breaking his way into the league, and you're 28, 20 nine years old or 27 28 years old and you're and you're what? patrick kane yeah, yeah. You know, and you're like, patrick kane on top right, of that. Right. just imagine the brink it get away from me you little gnat and then they start <laughs> oh, finding no. that chemistry and all of a sudden it's like wait a second i think right we right like <laughs> well that, that that's exactly right and you know and and, and, I, and I do i think because of the the brinket factor i think that you know pain uh, kane has a little bit of a history here in Detroit when he was a youth, you know, played some minor hot, you know, with uh, 
honey baked and, you know, the U S development program. And, you know, so, you know, live with, you know, Verbeek, who he's going to see on Sunday night, the general manager of the, uh, uh, you know, maybe you'll stay at uh, Verbeek's house, you know, you, you never know on Saturday. Doubt it, but <laughs> you know, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe he has a favorite Verbeek meal that he's going to request and Pat and his family are, will make it for him. But, uh, but my point, and then have an Iserman there too. Iserman there, obviously a guy that, you know, it's well-documented everything that, 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 that he had to go through just to keep himself on the ice. So I just think this is a really good fit. I think that Patrick Kane looks comfortable here. I think he looks happy. There have been some name players that have come to Detroit that never really fit in and look kind of miserable. And I'm not going to name them, but people kind of, you know, think about it a bit. You might know who I'm talking about. And there's more than one, trust me. But it, it's just the mix. This is a good mix. This is a good mix for Kane. This is a good mix for the Red Wings. And and I really feel the longer he plays here, the more he plays with these guys. And they're in a playoff battle right now. Don't kid yourself. I think, and that's what he wants. You know, he wants to win another cup before he hangs him up. He being Patrick Kane. I like where the Red Wings are at right now. I mean, it's a daunting schedule, but it's a challenge every night. And I think they'll be equal to the task. And, you know, hopefully – you know, Willie Huso can can get healthy too. I want to see what Hoos can do. And uh, you know, and Reimer and Lyon, I mean, they're those three dudes, fellas. I'm looking right at you three. You gotta do it. Did you just call him Willie Huso on purpose or was Billy, that no no no? Did I did I say <laughs> I, I'm getting worked up? I'm getting excited. You are getting worked up, Billy Huso. Billy, Billy Huso. I call him Billy. Billy is Willie. the evil twin brother. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> Willie Huso, we don't want. He showed up a few times this season. So, no Willie, no, just Billy. No, no, no Willie. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, we'll wrap it up for this week, Art. Why don't you let everyone know about our favorite? ice cold beverage one more time well i'll tell you you know they've been here since day one labat day blue one day one since day one the first day of civilization <laughs> when, when, when god created adam and eve he created labat blue too right along with him so uh, uh so there you go but it is it is a it's the official canadian beer of the red wings it's delicious we ask that you drink it responsibly responsibly and we're really really uh pleased that they've been on board since day one and uh, uh we thank them for that yes we do and we thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of the red and white authority we'll see you guys next week